home building and remodeling show. Let's go. Welcome everybody to the home building and remodeling show. My name is Chris Kirby and I'll be your host. I am the owner of three construction companies on the Alabama Gulf Coast. The show is about residential construction. We're going to cover topics of home building and remodeling. Are you thinking of doing a remodel or building a home? Are you a contractor looking to improve your knowledge base or grow your business? Have you ever done a remodel project or built a home? There were so many things you wish you knew or that you could have done differently during the process. Then this show is for you. We break down the process of building and remodeling and how to have the best results during your project. Whether you're a DIYer looking for tips, someone looking to hire a contractor to do a project, or a contractor looking to expand your knowledge base or your business. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you. Stay tuned. We kick off the show with my thoughts on home building and remodeling. I'll share best practices and talk about some of our experiences in business and out in the field. These shared thoughts and lessons learned are meant to help you on your very own journey. Let's go. Number 19 is can you provide a a written lien waiver? Okay, so uh, what is a lien and how can it be performed by a contractor? So a contractor can put a lien against your property. They can go to the courthouse and pay a certain amount to put a contractor's lien or mechanic's lien, or there's some different terms that are used in different areas. They can put a contractor's lien against your property for non-payment. And, you know, it may be... um, so understanding that once the work is done, if they are paid out, they should write a written lien waiver saying that we have no claim against this property anymore. We have been paid in full and we are satisfied. They have satisfied their contract and for the client, we have satisfied our contract and there is no uh, reason for the contractor to uh, want to put a lien against the property and most, most of the time when that happens is for non-payment and understand the contractor has every right. Um, now, whether the reasoning behind the non-payment and stuff at this point is null and void because you will have to take that up uh, probably in court uh, if if there is an issue for non-payment. You may have a reason in, in your mind that something didn't get complete or something wasn't up to par. So you decided that you were not going to pay them out. So it's their right to do a lien and try to uh, recoup that money or time lost or whatever it is. And at that point, there's there's probably going to be more to more to it. So number 20 is, can you show me examples of any similar projects? Okay. So this one's a little different than question four, which was, have you worked on similar projects? So number four is saying, have you worked on similar projects? Which means, have you done a kitchen if you're doing a kitchen? This one is, can you show me completed work uh, or examples of in-work projects? And the reason being, okay, I'm not the, the biggest fan. I'll put this in here because it is important to ask. And some contractors will be accommodating and will show you job sites. But if they don't, 
don't take it as a knock on the contractor or that they're not proud of their work, but there may be sensitive reasons. Uh, you know, maybe the homeowner doesn't want you in their house, but it is important to ask that question because you never know if they do have empty, empty houses or empty job sites that you can come and take a look. And that is really one of the best ways to determine how your project is going to be managed. Maybe not turned, uh, you know, how it's going to turn out per per se, because if you go into an in-work project, sometimes remodeling, this is remodeling, this is renovation. So it's not always going to be, uh, you know, just a pretty project. So the site is going to get ugly sometimes and um, nasty and you're going to, you know, have trash and stuff like that. However, that should be kind of managed and you, you shouldn't, Really, you shouldn't walk onto a job site and it totally be trashed out with bottles everywhere, Coke cans or any of that type of stuff. So if that's going on, they're being a little sloppy. You can identify that and you have a choice to make. Well, you know, it is it absorbing it? Is it a lot? Is it too much? Is it something that, you know, that I want on my house, on my project and my you know, the job site to look when they're doing it for me. And so, and then also you can look for quality. If you, if you want to go look at an in-work job, you can go and see who's working on it. You can see, you know, what the job site sounds like, looks like, smells like, and you can make sure that, uh, you know, you're really vetting your contractor. And then from the contractor's perspective, again, if they don't want you to come look at an in-work job site, there may be many reasons for that. Number one being that the homeowner really doesn't want any more people in their house or even if they're an away homeowner for, you know, we get that a lot down here on the Gulf Coast where people aren't here and we may be working on their house. Uh, they may be out of town. It may be a condo. There's a number of reasons, but they just don't want a lot of traffic through their house. And so, you know, sometimes the contractor really just can't show you an in-work project. And then after the fact, a lot of the times people just really want to be left alone. They may give the contractor a good review, but they don't want a, a bunch of people coming by their house and stuff like that. So, you know, but it is a good um, screening tool. And, you know, again, not just can you show me some in, um, completed projects, right? But also it's, you know, how many have you done and, you know, what their experience level is. Gauge that. This is a great tool for gauging that. And now we move into Shop Talk. It's the portion of the show where I bring in a co-host and we cover trending topics in home building and remodeling. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. I knew, I knew right then I, that's what I wanted to do. You know? Yeah. My last few years planting, I wasn't like, I was like half in and out. So what would you say to somebody then is, you know, because I know personally, I know a lot of kids that that's it for them. I'm balling. I'm going to, I'm going to go to college for ball. I'm going to get to the league. I hear that all the time because my wife is assistant principal at Robertsdale. And so we're very involved. We, you know, and, and we hear that as these kids are thinking that's, that's it. So they're not taking some of the other stuff serious. Exactly. You know? And I feel like that's, that's where you got to come in and kind of play you know, a part and like provide those resources. I think that's a dangerous space to be in. Yeah. You know, you tie everything into one, something like that. You know, that's your worth. That's who you are. You like, that shit, you know, you, that, that becomes your image. So when you don't have it, 
you have a lot of people that just crumble. You know yeah. what I mean? They feel worthless. They don't feel like they, they got nothing else to provide to the world, to the community. So I feel like that's a dangerous mindset to have and that we definitely should be on the forefront right now. Well, I am anyways. Yeah. To provide resources to these kids and like, you know, open them up to other stuff. You know? Yeah. And, and, and that's where the encouragement is for, you know, the trade schools and especially here, we're about to get the new prep cat academy. Um, but given the kids that just necessarily ain't bookworms or, you know, book smart, but they've got, they've got to figure out a passion. That's where the trade schools come in. Exactly. That's where advocating for the construction trades and stuff comes into play. And I think too, what Ryan's talking about is, Hey, go hard on the field or on the court, but don't let that be your only avenue. Don't let that be there. Right. Yeah, you got to find out who you are, what you like, you know? I really went through that. That's what I'm saying. And like, it wasn't as bad, but like, one day I really just sat down, like, damn, like, who am I? Like, yeah. outside of this, like, when I, especially when I got ready to hang it up, I'm like, I was like, who am I? Like, what do I like? Dude, yeah. Like, who, you, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, because I didn't do anything else outside of, I felt like, like I like construction. I like building, you know? Yeah. So I was investing in real estate. So it kind of just, it worked out that way. I was like, I want to do it this part of it now, you know. So. Heck yeah. So is there any plan in the future for you as as you're growing your company um, and you're learning more about what these schools and programs are, is there going to be any opportunities for for uh, people to kind of deal with you? And, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm all, well, me and Stacey actually went down to Folder to check out some of the, the work, like the job fair they had there. Yeah, but I also have a nonprofit that I'm like rebooting now, and that's what we're doing. Work oh yeah, the bleeding, fighting, talking, that's the same. So okay. Impact Twenty Two. So that's kind of my end game too. Not only as a builder, but like I'm really I'm here. I'm on the best here. You know, I like what Baldwin County growing. Going. Yeah, I know how it's growing, and I just want to be like a part of that now. You know, like yeah. So okay, so let's pivot a little bit and talk about. Um, advocacy and mm -hmm. talk about impact 22 that I didn't know that. So yeah. let, let's talk about like what it is and how we can get impact 22 out there for you. So that's kind of, that's what we did. We, um, last since 2020, I think we started 19, we started it and, um, we do financial literacy is our main thing. And I just kind of, we ship it to workforce development and like provide resources for that. So, okay. Yeah. Connecting them because you know, and, and I'm so glad we're on this topic. You can attest to this. Um, you know, when you went from school to the NFL, right? You got a contract, right? And everybody don't understand, like, when you get that money, mm -hmm. what to do with it. Right. Right. And that fin financial literacy piece. Now, did they have people when you went into the league that would talk or how? Uh, I mean, you you have like the basic stuff that they, they, they bring out, but not not in depth. It's not it's not nearly. Yeah. It's not what it should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like it should be really like driven in and it should. At that point, when you're an adult, it don't matter to them. Like, so I don't blame it. I feel like I feel like it's got to be learned at a young age. Like, so I got you. And these kids. So this was in your ear when you were in high school, when you were, you know, and you were being, hey, you got to be smart. Here's the basics of money. Right. Is that what you're right, right, yeah. right. Just providing those resources. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's what Impact 22 is about. You know, bridging that gap. Man. 
and making sure that even if they do, and that's the thing, I think, you know, having, you can't have a zero, uh, zero mindset where you're just focused on one thing, laser sharp, and right. then you can't talk about finances or you don't have time to, um, you know, look at anything else because e- even if you do make it to the league, it only lasts. Every three years, yeah, two, three years. So, yeah, and then you have a long time to live after that. Even if you played ten years, you still were thirty five when you get out thirty four, and you got a lot, of, lot of life left. So, yeah, you got to really just figure out what you, who you are. Absolutely. So, well, we're going to talk more about Impact Twenty Two, and then we're definitely going to catch back up with you, man. For sure, for sure. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you came on because we talked on this, this before, and I truly believe it, and I, I think it was. Um, you just, just being in the Navy and, and seeing the diversity and how that diversity drove success and, and stuff like that. And, you know, we believe representation matters. And so for somebody like you to come on and talk to our audience where it is heavy, um, you know, heavily diverse, uh, Hispanic, black, um, in the construction industry, for them to know that you're doing Impact 22, that you are in the construction industry, even after going to the league, but this is what you choose to do, right? Um, I think that's amazing. It speaks volumes to to your character, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate y'all having me, man. Yes, sir. All right. We'll see you next time, and then we'll catch back up with Ryan, and uh, we're definitely going to have him on the show again, and we'll talk a little bit more about um, his nonprofit, Impact 22, and then we'll talk about uh, 22 builds and maybe check on the uh, the development he's got going. So, so appreciate you. Now we're going to move into the portion of the show where we talk interior design. We're going to bring in an interior designer and we're going to talk trending design and products. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. You looking, are you, you're looking at the space too, yeah, right? right? And then you've done that. You've looked at the space. You've taken your notes. You've talked to the client. Now it's time to come back to the office and start putting it together. Right. So talk so, to me about putting together. With the boards. And so I like to, I spend a lot of time online because I want them, if they really, really like it, I want them to be able to go buy that product immediately. So I'm not the, just that, artificially throwing things out gotcha. to, to just give that because they do have vision boards too. Or some people call them vision boards. Vision boards. But I'm not just trying to give you a vision. I'm trying to give you something that you can actually. That's reality. What you're saying is when you're when you're doing your mood boards, there are quick mood boards. There are a, yeah. a way to do it yeah. quickly. But you tend to take your time and put stuff that they can actually click the link or go and buy. Right, right. I can already have a price on it. I know immediately if it fits their budget. And that's important because if I add things that are crazy amount of money and that's not in their budget, they're going to be like, why did you even show me that? That's yeah. not even a reality. And now. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Tip, like that. that is a good tip of the day right there. As an interior designer is making sure that you understand the budget right because like you said people will get aggravated if they you have been given a budget right and you're showing them things outside of the budget and i've seen salesmen or saleswomen do that and they do it on purpose right and it really rubs people the wrong way where they may be commission-based or whatever it is for whatever reason 
they immediately are showing stuff outside of the budget range. And if they're turned off or they see something that maybe I have put on there, they're like, well, we wanted something a little fancier. Then I can say, well, that is probably going to be $100 more or $200. I can raise the bar in that moment, but I feel like at least it gives them a starting point to whatever budget they were wanting this thing. Well, not only that, though, sometimes you get the reverse where you put together the mood board, they're happy, they come into our showroom and start looking around and say, oh, show me this in uh, face-to-face, and then they see the nicer or something that they just want. Right. And then that's when you have the conversation of, it fits. maybe it does fit well with the project, but... It is over your budget. And some people then, they just want it and they're like, I will pay more. Exactly. Which is different. Right. Than and I've done that. Kyle really, I would say more than anything, really sucks them in fast. If they find a pretty tile, they're willing to just, we'll do everything around that just so I can have that tile. If I had to go cheaper on hardware or wherever, that that happens a lot too. You said, you said. I'll do everything around that. Mm-hmm. Is there a central focus when you're planning a room? I think it depends on the client because everybody has different preferences. Because sometimes you're working with um, items that were given to them by their deceased parent. or So it actually is a focal yeah. point yeah. and could help start the theme uh, or the concept of the design. Right. Or if they're an antique collector, I'm not going to go in there with contemporary modern ideas. I mean, kind of have to... And that's where the experience factor plays a big part because it, there should never really be a no in I, I can't do it. It's a do you have the experience enough to work with right. the canvas, right? And I mentioned that the other day, too. There was, there's been very few projects where 100% of it, I've been like, I would have done this exact thing in my own house. Sure. Because everybody has different tastes and everybody has different whatever so uh, likes and interests and so and anyway it's but you have to work with the client and give them what they want and make it where everybody's happy and then moving on from mood boards to some of the current projects that we have in work uh, because you are actually in work on mood boards for projects how does the does can a mood board evolve so your original concept can that evolve to something right after the consult, I'll put a board together. At that point, it's a lot of communication, mainly over the phone, uh, narrowing down their lights, or I'll go ahead and meet with them in person at a stone yard or countertop. Or so there's some, it's like you're like. physically going shopping and things, right? Right. And then we'll have another meeting, another follow up after that concept board, mid board is put together again. And then at that time, we can go through it, make sure it's everything they want, or if there's some changes that they want to make, is I just X model the And then you kind of finalize the concept. Yep. Now, let's talk about ordering and implementation, right? We've run into this where we had the concept, it changed. Now you've got a new mood board, and then you go to shop for items because like you said, you put a clickable link on there and maybe between time now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was month one that you did the concept month three. You've changed a little bit month four, that item's out of stock. 
Right. Better have it. <laughs> so you finally settle with the got client. It. Right. And then you got to have a backup. Right. I'm normally doing the new builds. So that does allow me for the grace period there, per se. Sure. That because those, are, those are periods, right? You, right? you select, you make selections at certain periods in the build. Right. So from point point A to C or whatever, I've got, pro- I've got months probably two, three months in between there before I'm ordering anything. So I can, but what I do is I sporadically check on those products that we have to get in the lead time. Tip two, as you're doing your mood board, especially if you're on a longer project, you need to continually check yeah. on the the product itself and make sure it's still in stock or the lead time, right? So you may have the item in stock, however, it doesn't ship for months. Right. And if you're at a point in in a new build, we're moving because once we pass a certain level of inspection, there is a timeline on this. Once you're done with four-way and you start getting to the cosmetic work, you're finalizing the project because the client, if they're doing financing or a construction loan, they really do have a cap. They've got to be in by a certain date. Right. And so sometimes the design can get lost in just the timeliness of the project. Right. Thanks for joining us today. As always, we are grateful for our listeners and your continued support. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media via Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Get more info at our website, www.thehomebuildingshow.com. And as always, remember who we are, the Home Building and Remodeling Show. 